to the two marks exclusively on the pod station. listeners to another episode of Loki brought to you by the two marks this time we're discussing episode six for all time always the season finale and once again the two marks are delivering an irreverent review providing you lively debate conversation and social commentary has the citadel received a kintsungi makeover has miss minutes been moonlighting will we find out where renslayer got her pen and what happens if two loki's cross swords is this show more like willy wonka than the wizard of oz all this and more will be unpacked in this week's episode let me introduce my friend and co-host Mr. Mark Pollard. Hello. Hi mate. I've got to look up at you. I know I'm gyrating in your face. No change that. <laughs> For the benefit of the listeners I'm doing this standing up today because I've been sat down all day so I'm fidgety and you're doing it sat down. As we're facing one another you've basically got a wonderful eyeball shot of my eyeballs. <laughs> Balls and eyes are quite apt. Because I'm doing the heavy lifting I have to sit down. <laughs> well because of my heavy lifting, you're now level with my... that, I'm looking at hernia. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I'm excellent. I just watched episode six, so I'm made up. What do we think? Uh, loved it. Good, wasn't it? It was. Was all that you wanted and more? It wasn't as good as episode four. As in, like, it was an excellent episode. It was a great climax. There's loads that they've just opened the world up to. But in terms of, like, a, a finale, it wasn't quite... I don't know. Anyway, we'll discuss it. Don't want to give away too much. If I go too early, no one will need to listen, will they? be the shortest podcast ever. Ever. I mean, the only highlight is your foreskin flapping in my face. <laughs> Oh dear. So moving swiftly on, if people are listening to this for the first time, where have you been for the other five episodes? <laughs> Go back and listen to them. In fact, you want to particularly listen to episode four, because in episode four, we pose a question which gives you a chance to win a genuine, authentic TVA jacket merchandise. All of those words make up your own sentence. Yeah, an officially licensed Disney TVA jacket. That's what I meant to say, but not as eloquently. The question was... If you say the question, they won't have to listen listen to episode four that's very true the question is found (laughs) on episode four of our podcast (laughs) haha cunning so go and listen to it and then just direct messages on any of our social media platforms we're on facebook twitter and instagram we'll have the polls still running for this episode on our twitter so go on and give us a poll review and we're going to do a whole season review of loki next and we might get a couple of guests on you've got a chance to throw your comments in and we'll read them out on the show can't say better than that can you? you can't indeed you can email us if you're particularly inclined the two marks at the podstation.co.uk no one's had the bravery to do that yet be the first be the first other than that i think that's all the promo i'm feeling inclined to do at this moment shall we jump straight in and how would you like to get hold of me right now <laughs> to be fair it's flapping my face <laughs> like alligator loki i'll just snap it all off <laughs> I said that aloud. Shall we jump straight in? Let's. Give you the synopsis. Indeed. Okay, this week. The clock is ticking in the season finale, which finds Loki and Sylvie on a date with destiny. Discuss. I'll ask you, because you've already posed the question to me. What did you think? I enjoyed it. I was sent to you off air for a episode that didn't have very much happen. It had a lot happen. It did. I mean, I'm absolutely made up that my predictions has come true. Um, what? <laughs> that Kang is the big bad. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that right? Because... Because I'm sure I've got you on record on episode five clearly stating that Loki is the big bad. No, that was wasn't Kang. me. That was, must have been another me. 
Yeah, who hasn't been scrubbed or pruned. I was always on the Kang theory. Were you? Yeah. Got you. If you want to listen to episode one onwards where I say... <laughs> Actually, hold this thought here. Okay, let's just test your theory. Number one, was Kang the big bad in this episode? Think carefully because it's a trick question. I've been Googling shit, so I potentially have what I need to unravel your boastful exterior. So what have you been Googling? I've been Googling. All right, good start there then. Okay, so what do you want me to say yes or no? Was it Kang? Who's the big bad here? It was a variant of Kang. To be more accurate, what they've done is they've taken two people. The person who I said it was in episode one, who's the oldest variant of Kang called Immortus. Don't believe in people. <laughs> Go back and listen to episode one. You will find out he's lying. He he remains isn't Kang in the comics. What they've done is they've taken that and they've taken Immortus. That's the oldest variant of Kang. I'll break it down later for people who don't know what I'm on about. And they've made them together. But if we're going to jump right to the end of this episode, technically at the end bit, it's Kang. But there's two problems. Number one, Immortus isn't Kang, is he? Yeah. He's Immortus. No, but he's a variant of Kang. But it's Immortus, not Kang. Which is Kang. And at no point during this episode did he ever say he that does. he was either Immortus or Kang. No, he didn't. What did he say? Come on. He said, some people call me Conqueror. Oh, yeah. Some people call me something else. Um, cowboy. Yeah, exactly. But at no point did those words come out of his mouth. I can see your background as a defence attorney. I'm paying, grasping at straws. Pay dividends, people. Your Honour. He didn't say he was Kang. However... Anyone, <laughs> anyone who's got more than 12 chromosomes will have worked out Immortus is a variant created by Kang because anyone who knows the comics will know that in every variation, every universe, Kang creates another alter ego of himself to look after it. Are you literally Googling while I'm talking to you? Kang, Kang. <laughs> Which is why, again in the comics, he has the Council of Kangs, all the variants of him that he's made up to look after everything. Okay. Have you just gone off your Googling now? Are you in no man's well, land? No, you literally have just turned into a mortis because you've just gone, well, before I knew what was going to happen, but in five, six, seven, yeah, no idea now. No idea. And I'm literally at the end of end of time and no idea what's happening now. Go on. <laughs> No, no, let's move on. Technically, going by episode five, Loki was the big bad, wasn't it? (laughs) Well, that's what you predicted. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, what did you think about that reveal that we all knew? I mean, first and foremost, let me say that... Bear with. You can just say, okay, Google, can you tell me who Kang is? Bear in mind, it's the same guy who's cast as Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and Quantumania. Well, he hasn't been yet. Jonathan Majors, who plays he must not be named or whatever it is <laughs> that they've I given think him that's Harry this. Potter. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. I thought he played a mesmerising part in this episode on the basis that all he did was talk for the entire episode. I never took my eyes off the guy, you know, because of his mannerisms and his way he was delivering his lines and the pauses, and I thought he was brilliant. I look forward to seeing him in Ant-Man 3. <laughs> if you want to IMDB, he has been casting it. Has he? As Kang. Right. I promise you. Yes, I knew this would come up. I checked before we went into this because I knew you'd bring it up. This episode didn't really do much. It was a kind of a three-hander. The two Lokis and him were most of it. And then when you go to the other one, it was almost a three-hander. It was Mobius, Jadrenslayer and B-19. I mean, Kang, sticking with Kang. I'm particularly interested. I think Kang's going to be the big bad like Thanos was. So it might be for phase four, five and six, Kang's the big pain in the ass that everyone has to overcome during the course of those 
films and what's interesting is that there's going to be lots of different versions of Kang knocking about so different superheroes from the Avengers will come up against the same character but who will potentially have completely different motives and personalities and aims and plans that makes it quite interesting I mean put it this way Jonathan's not going to be out of work for a while is he if that really does happen but I think what I particularly like I think this is what was achieved in this episode they've created a big bad who's grey so like Thanos so there is no disputing that what Thanos did i.e. wipe out the lives of cabillions of people because of the universe was a bad thing it was done with sort of good motives he was basically an extremist environmentalist wasn't he he was we need to curb the population in order to save the universe if we are to continue to survive as people in this universe we need to have fewer people because we will overuse and therefore we will destroy because I've seen it first hand on my planet albeit you can't justify his means the theory behind it is good and that made him a wonderfully what's the word I'm looking for benevolent dictator <laughs> no nuanced oh. he was wonderfully nuanced as a character because albeit he was a baddie because of all those things actually if you stripped it back if you'd have gone about it another way you'd have probably gone well actually yeah that's a very noble thing you're trying to do you're trying to save the whole of the universe from almost destroying itself and making itself extinct your methods perhaps leave somewhat to be desired and Kang's a bit the same because what they've essentially said is there's good Kangs there's bad Kangs there's Kangs in the middle there's Kangs who want to save the universe there's Kangs who want to rule the universe you know to I mean there's lots of different versions this one wasn't bad again he fully admits he's a baddie in this but he's grey he's like Loki because what he said was I am probably one of the least bad versions of me and so what I've done is I've created a single timeline so that you only have to deal with me because I'm not here to cause people grief I'm not here to destroy the universe or rule it what I'm doing is I'm just maintaining a timeline that avoids lots of way worse me's from getting their hands on the wheel which is a bit like Thanos it's sort of a good motive there's questions over basic essence of it he is a dictator of time that's not a good thing but the reason why he's doing it is to stop something worse from happening and so whilst again I'm not saying he's a good I'm not on team Kang by the way and I know it sounds like I possibly am I think what I'm trying to say is he's someone who becomes nuanced you can't just stand there and go he's the baddie I hate him actually you can sort of go ah I can sort of see what he's he's saying which makes him a more interesting character rather than just that moustache twirling moron in the corner who goes I'm going to destroy the universe ha 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 I think what we need to be mindful of is that Loki is an interpretation for the benefit of the MCU if you'll just permit me to break it down please I want to return to something that you brought up in episode 2 of our podcast oh is this is this I would have listened to the shows if I'd have known that everything I've ever said was going to be held accountable oh we're doing Loki because hang on let me just print out what you just said or I would have deleted all the shows <laughs> literally this is the worst show for you to rebuttal because everything you have done is recorded like the TVA and actually it was a positive thing that I picked up on oh okay well, oh no you want that no, now okay. yeah 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 <laughs> Don't delete that bit. Anyway, let me first of all give you the breakdowns of all of the streams and branches that you've created. (laughs) 
he who remains is an actual comic book person who was basically the sole survivor from a past universe and he founded the new TVA very old appeared in the 1976 Thor comic all powerful he's what they've retconned into this so Loki has interpreted it changed his backstory to aid the MCU he doesn't say Immortus but out of all of the variants that exist of Kang Immortus is the eldest now I did say episode 1 that I thought Immortus it was going to be either him or Ramatut that I mentioned last week going into the creation of Kang Nathaniel Richards who is actually a descendant of Reed Richards who you'll know is Mr. Fantastic Elastic isn't he the Elastic one? Ben he's from Fantastic Four ties into whether he's going to appear in the Fantastic Four also the Avengers had to deal with Kang but Kang doesn't have any superpowers he's not powerful at all he is literally I know this because I googled it earlier did you google it okay (laughs) if google liked to be a sponsor of the show (laughs) well you've got your money's worth if they are I'll tell you what when I mentioned last week one of his other variants is Ramatut because he was flying around in his spaceship that looked like a sphinx he ended up being Faro Ramatut he was actually looking (laughs) for N. Sabaneur who is Apocalypse and you'll know from the X-Men movies now part of the MCU so you might see him in that brings in the X-Men and the Fantastic Four he created all the different variants so Immortus Ramatut are all there simply creates technology like time travelling Iron Man with the massive twist at the end of this episode proves Kang's the villain Mm. if you've seen the twist that I'm referring to I have I did I remained around the thing that is important to note that he who remains created the time twisters in a different universe and they started messing around with time he stepped in Jane Foster got involved and at this point there's two different realities which ones the time twisters work on and the ones that the time variant deals with what he's done as you rightly say he's brought them all into one and what this brings it to when you say they've killed Kang do you mean MCU or do you mean Loki I don't know what do you mean because either way it applies to something that you were talking about I think it was another time you had time to google it was a second episode you were talking about determinism Mm. I remember Mm. (laughs) we were talking about determinism versus well I've got that on my notes now have you okay determinism versus causality which means that either way you either realise that Kang was always going to become Kang because it was predetermined or because Loki killed Immortus slash he who remains created the villain as a result of killing Immortus they created the branch timelines he says to Sylvie I'll see you again we don't know whether he's actually dead Mm. it's in that other subject matter that you love so much which is time travel (laughs) yes and the other thing it brings you on to is the fourth timekeeper who in the comics was sent back to Egypt as the Oracle of Sivwa right you don't know whether that's because of the multiverse war what you've got is the self-determinism it would have always happened the causality of the Lokis and that was how we got the answer to the spike in episode 3 Lamentis two of the Lokis that should never have got together got together to kill Kang and that, right. was, and that created that spike that nobody had seen before got you it's all very exciting because we have an idea of where this can all go well it's opened up an enormous sandbox for them to play in the opening shot probably one of the most unusual ones because it covered the beginnings of the MCU if you wanted to do it chronologically well, Captain America was in there wasn't he as well in there. I mean they're just taking sound bites of all the main characters and then they tied it into our own history so you had Neil Armstrong our friend Greta Thunberg who hasn't been pruned maybe she's a variant of who actually went to school how dare you don't be mean to our Greta. It's not being mean, is it? She's put herself on a pedestal to be there. Also, by the way, Greta, CO2 isn't going to destroy the planet. It's got a greenhouse warming potential of one. Sulfur hexafluoride has a global warming potential of 22,800. Hashtag just saying. I should be back in school. What a random fact to throw in. Fact, thank you. I'm glad you said well, that. Well, I did say that. I haven't fact checked it. 
<laughs> so T.S. mentioned um, Nelson Mandela, Alan Watts, anyone who knows, was quoting from his 1972 recording Time and Where It Changes, saying that time isn't a straight line, it can go anywhere. That was a nice beginning. How did we feel about the Citadel entrance scene? You've got the two Lokis. You can see how much it means to Sylvie because she even has to take it sort of a moment to get her bearings before they go in. The two Lokis, although they are a variant of themselves, the difference between the Loki we know, we followed his death and rebirth and death and the secular path it takes. We don't know much other than she was pruned at a young age. You see, I pulled up on that when I heard that. I think she means her timeline was pruned, not that she was pruned. Because if she'd been pruned, she'd have been to that place that they escaped from before, yeah. previously, and she hasn't. Her timeline was pruned. That was what confused me when yeah. she said it, because the way she said it suggests that she as an individual had been pruned. Actually, what she meant when I thought about it was that her timeline... Had... She's essentially been on the run from an age of, let's call her nine, for the sake of argument, has now been orphaned. Nine and a half. The whole of her time, everything she knows is now gone on the run. That if she hadn't have pickpocketed the temp pad, would have been pruned and would have ended up on the planet with yeah. Alioth that Kang refers to in his monologue. She would have been if she wasn't on the run. She's become a, a result of her environment. She's never had a childhood. She's had to grow up really quick, having to scavenge, having to do whatever she needs to do to feed herself and survive. We don't know where she's been. She's been living in extinction level events to keep off the radar, which can't be the most luxurious of places It's to not going to be fun and games. They went to Pompeii, so imagine living and having to be mindful of, oh, it's Tuesday. Yeah, tomorrow is when Pompeii blows up. I've got to be on the run. It can't be a great upbringing. I understand completely why she did what she did. However, the causality of that, which you could argue was predetermined based on her upbringing, the other Loki doesn't want that to happen. You see the big difference between the two Lokis in this episode, in their journeys as individuals. Sylvie is still on the mission she started out on from the outset and is still continuing on that mission with her end goal. Our Loki, on the other hand, has actually lived another life and has now had the benefit of watching that. He now has the benefit of hindsight, literal yeah. hindsight, because he can see what happens if he continues to follow the path he was already on. He's now had the benefit of being able to be more self-aware than he could ever have hoped to have been. And that has fundamentally changed him, whereas Sylvie is still on that same road. And whilst her interaction with him might have changed her slightly, it's not anywhere near to the same extent as him, because he's not even remotely close to the Loki of New York just six episodes ago. Absolutely right, because the first bit when they get through the door, Sylvie's composed herself. We see the shady, sneaky Miss Minutes. Oh, she I don't like her. Anymore. I mean, I think, I think she's it, a right sneaky cock. What? I think you suggested that you thought she was the villain behind it all at one point. I mean, you mentioned everyone. Prince Andrew, you threw in one time <laughs> was the villain. <laughs> I think that she's still. I mean, we'll come to this, but the files that have been passed to Renslayer by Miss Minutes is obviously going to have something to do within the future arc. I'm still not entirely convinced she hasn't been involved, but she's clearly not the big bad because Immobius. Immobius. Or oh, whatever his name is. You're making Marvel villains up now <laughs> on the hoof. Well, me thinks you've been tarnished. Fruit of the Poison Tree is what I'm going to start presenting <laughs> as a defence here, Your Honour. I think she has been shady for different reasons that you probably do know because of Google, but um, <laughs> for season two, we'll, we'll come on to that. However, the point I was making was that the opportunity for Loki to go back to his old ways was presented. He was given the opportunity to rule. He was given the opportunity to be the conqueror over the 2012 New York, to get the Infinity Stones and have the gauntlet probably sees what happens after you click it I mean it's never good is it when you click it so he's put it now so he has had his full redemption story let's not forget Sylvie is a mashup of the Enchantress mm. and all they've done is the same with 
Immortus and He Who Belongs. So they've done it with her character as well. Remains. You're just making his name up now. I thought I'd take a leaf out of the Book of Temporal Mechanics by M. Pollard. (laughs) She clearly is on a mission. They have a bit of a a fallout, don't they? In a nice way, because it wasn't a bad fallout. They just showed off their What do you mean? They were trying to slash each other with salt. I mean, listen, if you ever want to have a nice fallout with me, please don't bring your nice action like they did, because that won't be considered as nice from my perspective. I won't. Please. And we're all assuming that they weren't trying to kill one another, but they were swinging those swords mightily, feistily. Don't forget, we've seen Iron Man fight off Captain America, Winter Soldier. We saw Civil War where everybody was at it. You can't tell me that they were really trying to kill them. Oh, I'm not saying they were, but if I was a betting person and someone was swiping a sword with full vigour and full rotation of their arm towards a person, I'd be going, yeah, if that connects, that's not going to end well. I would agree if it was. Um, a member of the public but we're looking at two Lokis skill leveled up to the same level essentially they're voiding each other out they're equally leveled every move that she would do he would counter and yeah. that's why I'm saying I don't think if it was with you or I well, we would be goners wouldn't we God, we'd have killed each yeah. other <laughs> meant if she was against one of us oh. Sylvie between her and both of us we'd still both die yeah definitely they're both Lokis they're both trained they're both got swords or daggers I think they just counter each other and they could do that all day long which is a kind of a similarity to Civil War where Captain America and Iron Man are just beating the living day out of each other. When we see in Endgame when Captain America is fighting a variant of himself, he says, I can do this all day. Well, yes. he says it right in the first one. And even Taskmaster skilled in all of the fighting styles of all of the Avengers. If it was anyone else, I think they'd probably get killed. All they're doing is sparring. The whole Sylvie-Loki comparison is quite fascinating, particularly in this episode. You see when they're looking at each other and he's going, I've been there, I've felt that way. He's so sort of has insofar as he's lost all his family at some point although he hasn't he's seen when he's lost all his family yeah and throughout his life he's always struggled about the adoption and not knowing it and not feeling like he fits in somewhere but fundamentally the difference between Sylvie and Loki is Loki's had a silver spoon well and truly rammed up his bum whereas Sylvie's had diddly squat and that's where I see those two very much are differ because he has the luxury of having been able Mm. to change and evolve Whereas she doesn't have that luxury at all. No, she's a survivor, isn't she? He's managed on his wits. But, but he's always had Odin to a... clear up his mess, or yeah. Thor to clear up his mess. Yeah. He's always had his mum to put her arm around and go, I still love you even though you're a big flaming dope. Parental impact has been greater for our Loki than Sylvie. That's where their stories diverge. So I can see both story arcs have now fulfilled their natural curve. Loki has received the full redemption. Well, it was time. really selfless. When they're looking at each other and he says, all I want want and when he was like about to say is you I was going to be hey that's really weird it doesn't matter how you say it It feels very romantic but not at the same time it feels inherently odd and uncomfortable (laughs) have you found Nesting (laughs) he got six toes he followed it on by saying for you to be okay which is an inherently selfless thing to say if he says I just want to be with you that's I want to possess you I want to be with you I want you to be mine yeah. which is a very selfish, selfish thing whereas he didn't say that what he said is I just want you to be okay because I think what he recognises is the pain she's going through is a pain he can empathise with but I think what he also sees is how much harder she's had it to 
perhaps how he's had it mm. and that's why his sympathy is even greater that's why he's like look I just want you to get through this and be okay I, I want you to find peace that perhaps he's starting to feel even though he's in a bit of a, a shitty situation mm. ultimately he's got the potential of getting back onto a timeline again he doesn't have to go through all the heartbreak and hurt that perhaps he's gone through because at this point he's been offered to be the king of the timeline he can decide what it is that happens so he can keep his mum alive he can keep his brother alive you know he can keep everything as he wants it really it shifts up how time travel works I was saying I think in either episode one or two that it was like the Wizard of Oz and you want to see who's behind the curtain this now becomes a Willy Wonka-esque ending because they're handing over the baton to those who have proven themselves so Immortus or he who belongs or be named or, or remains he who should never or... be mentioned <laughs> he's been wanting to see how these two have acted across the course of this season now he knows fundamentally they've managed to get there which is why Miss Minutes welcomes them because it's like you've won the game he's tired he wants to pass it over wants to pass it over to them and they would run the TVA and keep order so he's trying to keep order but in a dictatorship fashion at the beginning when we were talking you brought up about it being like career and it's very this is how it is and if it's not this way well then you're going to get yourself pruned actually what you do see and it goes back to that comment made by Loki which is not everyone who's bad is bad not everyone who's good is good I think this is the wonder of the Marvel Universe that they always create that unambiguous situation you quite rightly refer to my predeterminism discussion in previous episodes whenever it was episode 2 thank you (laughs) this is another great example and I think in that episode I said I feel like free will and whether it's a good thing or whether it's a bad thing will be a debate which has pros and cons of equal measure on both sides and will be a theme that runs through these next few Marvel phases in the same way as we got in Civil War about should we as superheroes be restricted in what we do because we can cause so much damage and in the wrong hands or should we be allowed to be free because we shouldn't be run by a specific body who could be open to corruption Mm. and that fight scene was another amazing example of that because Loki's going well look let's just think about this for a second she's going what what we're thinking about it's like well we need to consider the pros and the cons of both of these things he wasn't arguing one way or the other but he was quite right in saying well you're right if you remove the dictator who steps into the void do we get worse and she's like well yeah but you're not getting free will so she's right because people should have free will but he's sort of right in saying yeah no but if free will comes with absolute carnage chaos and mass destruction is it a price worth paying I don't know let's debate it and you can see he's trying to avoid all the mistakes he's made previously because he who shall never mention his name ever again quite literally says you can have it all you can be in charge you can have the throne you can do everything you want to do you can do everything you've tried to do and failed at previously and Loki is quite literally like nah do you know what I've been there and it didn't particularly work out well the first time I don't want to do that anymore it's an interesting turn of events now isn't it because he has been passed the keys to the kingdom of a kingdom that he doesn't particularly want or in fact need because I think all he ever wanted was not be alone he's realised this series hasn't he this is why season 2 will work really well because of the things that have been left open but the good thing this season did do is answered a lot of the questions that we've been asking not like who's got the figgy port we still don't know who's got that who's got the what the figgy port no one knows who's got that <laughs> oh, no one knows that's the unknown he moving into season 2 is going to be left with a lot more decisions to make it also does address the question that you brought up last week I said that maybe they would both share the MCU and you thought that that might not be a thing potentially the way this has gone does leave open for them both to dip into this as and when they want to we do know that Loki is going to be in Doctor Strange 2
too. Oh, is he? Yeah. And we know Kevin Feige has gone on record and he stated very clearly that WandaVision, Loki, Spider-Man, No Way Home or Get Yourself Home and Doctor Strange 2 and even What If because now cleverly in, in a month's time What If comes out. Now What If is based on the perennial question What If Iron Man didn't defeat Thanos? What If you get Captain Britain which is what Agent Carter becomes? These are all different multiverse timelines. What you could find yourself having is WandaVision, Loki, What If, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange and all of those are together as one and in between all that you've got all the standalone movies which don't actually affect anything they just open the Marvel Universe further well they do I was trying to make a note of some of the key threads that we've pulled on so far in the TV series and indeed Spider-Man Far From Home where you've got the scroll who can change so we don't know who they are where they are what they're doing and plus there's going to be a galactic battle between them and their arch nemesis whose name escapes me are you getting mixed up Secret Wars isn't the same as Secret Invasion what I'm saying is those things are bubbling and simmering in the background in various forms if we're going to have like the comics so we've had Civil War we have the Secret Invasion which involves the scroll shape-shifted into people in power like Mystique yeah, in one the, of the president, president yeah. in terms of the Secret Wars that actually is potentially something they could do because of the multiverse and the implications of the multiverse you have the war between different iterations of superheroes yeah. I don't think maybe you would agree that we ain't going to see that till phase 5 we went through 3 phases before we got the big Thanos and I'm assuming they're going to do the same again they're going to do another three phases to allow them to build up to the next enormous climax and I think it's going to be much the same and so we've got that you've got whatever the Eternals is going to throw up you've even got more based on the planet you've got the whole blip and the outcome of that which I know is more earth based but certainly hasn't exactly done earth any favours there's an awful lot of turmoil going on you can see they've planted some heavy duty seeds that are already starting to grow in all kinds of ways and what Loki's done with the multiverse opening up has just opened up just a whole range of stuff. Just to pick up on a point you made last episode that you didn't think they would introduce Kang so soon. I said they would and you were like well why would they because Thanos wasn't introduced for like three phases. I think they've done it the way they have. It's because I don't think Kang's the big bad. Okay. I've said it when people listen to our... Oh here we go referring back to his previous ones people. (laughs) Check out my previous work on thepodstation.co.uk When we did our Captain Marvel podcast Film Podacy. Which you can also find on the Two Marks channel. Oh yeah I forgot about that. We've integrated them. I suggested that some of the villains that we would probably see would in fact be Kang the Conqueror, Galactus, Adam Warlock, he could appear. These are all bigger villains, Galactus being one of the biggest ones. Kang has no powers, take away his technology, all he's got, he's a genius human. He's just a dickhead with a fancy phone, really. Well, it's like if you suddenly found, which is what happened, you found yourself a time spaceship. Is that how you get around in time spaceships? Yeah, time spaceships, yeah, like a TARDIS. Okay, just a time ship. (laughs) If if, if you're walking down the street in your trouser pants... You trip over a time ship. Well, you fall into it and you go, whoa, hang on a minute. And the next minute you suddenly go, oh, I think I'll whiz around here. You could affect all of the different times. For me, that would make sense that you introduce this person here because while this is going on over here, my hovel's very quickly doing stuff over here and we go, oh yeah, Kang. And he will probably pop up. He's definitely going to be in Ant-Man 3. And I imagine we're going to have reference to him in Doctor Strange 2. We'll see him in season two Loki, definitely, because he's essentially running the TVA now. Well, he was already running the TVA. It's just a different Kang that's now... The variant of him who was the one who just couldn't be asked anymore it's due for retirement wants to get his golden watch Lazy but bastard. we may even find out who the fourth timekeeper was flip back when they went to Pompeii yeah but well, what do you mean by the fourth time because that's on the presumption that the other three existed but as we found out with the animatronic robot things that did they ever exist 
At some point they did, yeah. So the fourth timekeeper, one was banished to Egypt, and that's why you could argue the statue of the fourth timekeeper was destroyed. Was it done during the multiverse wars? We don't know. This is all left open. However, there's four timekeepers. Let's not get caught up in the Marvel TV show. A lot of this has been adapted to allow Marvel to go, right, this is going here, this is going here. Throw that into Doctor Strange 2. I'm not sure whether you've gone back and watched the last episode of WandaVision. Have you no. done that? Disney, very cleverly, they did it with Endgame. They CGI things out of stuff for the benefit of trailers or early teasers so fans don't work out what it is before they've even shown it. But if you go back and watch the last episode of WandaVision, you'll see at the end credit scene where the camera is panning across the trees towards the cottage, you'll see a shadowy figure on the cliffside that looks remotely like Doctor Strange. Mm. And as we know, Wanda is going to be in Doctor Strange 2. But is she going to be a bad? If she's Scarlet Witch, she'll be bad. Okay. And then you might throw in the Mephisto, because everybody loves Mephisto, don't they? I don't know. It might be a thing you enjoy in the bedroom, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you went there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, the TVA thing. Yes. So at the very end, Loki comes back to what he thinks is his the TVA. Yes. and this is he great, thinks this bit. Morbius is his Morbius and whatever. Because it sort of ties into where we think the TVA just generally sat in this episode as a whole. And it turns out that none of them recognise him. And there's a big statue of Kang, which suggests that he's taken over in a slightly different role, in a different way. I suppose, I mean, the obvious statement is that, rather, let me tell you how I sort of ordered it in my head and you can tell me why it's wrong and then we can refer back to it on another day. But it, Hang on. Because a lot of people have been saying, well, the TVA is outside of the timeline and therefore, how does that happen? But actually, time's irrelevant, isn't it, for the TVA? So when the multiverse was created, Kang, whichever version of Kang's now in charge of it, could at any point have taken over that TVA at any point that they wanted to because they would have had the technology to go around with and join it there or change their mind and join it somewhere else. Where the TVA sit is outside, I said to you that it could well be in the quantum realm and Chronopolis that we saw in Ant-Man and the Wasp where Kang lives, that's his citadel. This citadel is at the end of time, but it's not at the end of time, it's just before the end of time because that's why after 10 seconds he didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. He is probably one of the most benevolent of the variants of Kang. All the others want to destroy and take over. That's all they want to do. That's the whole purpose of his character. You ain't going to rewrite the character. What do these other Kangs want to do when you say destroy and take over? When Nathaniel found and created this time-travelling ship, basically he went round different times and created another variant so it's essentially cloning yourself in fact he retired in ancient Egypt you aren't omnipotent he hasn't any powers so the only way you're going to keep control of a universe is to create a, a variant of yourself it shows you in his explanation that different variants were doing different things and they use the circle of time philosophy as their guide to make it easier for people to understand time like travel me. a lot of people don't understand quantum mechanics I should at this point point out that Marvel has definitely not necessarily stayed within the purview of physics and science no. for the purposes of storytelling. To be fair, we didn't do an Endgame one. I had about 25 pages of notes. I can't find it to hand. They use about five or six different types of time travel to explain different parts. We would have been doing a four-hour show if we'd have done a film policy on Endgame. I had umpteen pages of notes on it. He's not bitter about that, people. 
Because <laughs> I didn't do any. We just didn't get around to recording, did we? We didn't. We're busy and important people, mate. By the time we would have done it, everybody was like... No one cared. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> I think we're in lockdown and people were worried about other stuff. I think they've tried to keep it simple is they've said, right, okay, the multiverse was a thing. We've kept it linear. You talked about how... Thank you. Credit yeah. where credit's due, young man. You know I will. Technology was very analogue, very dated, very perestroika-style technology with cassettes and things. And, you know, everything was all 80s looking. That's been done on purpose. If you think about tape as just a linear thing, you can either go forwards or back. It's very singular. Whereas the multiverse, well, you saw the branches happening as soon as he was dying. With that in mind, he's basically been the boy with his finger in the dike. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you chose your words carefully there. <laughs> he's been holding back these other variants of Kang in whatever comic book reference you want to give them because he knows for a fact that if they were in charge, they wouldn't be. And if you think about all the Lokis being pruned, the reason they were being pruned is because they create chaos. As we go back to your point of how our Loki then goes back to Mobius and B-15, they aren't bothered about Loki because the person who's now in charge wants chaos. And also, they don't know who he is, do they? No. Suppose like Back to the Future when you see his arm disintegrating. The only other one would be Donnie Dark, Johnny Dark. Johnny Darko Johnny related Darko to Donnie Donny Darko. Darko yeah, his younger brother. Those type of timelines, the implications of doing something over here has impacted that. Well, it's the butterfly effect, isn't yeah. it? Although that's chaos theory. <laughs> you just created there. Anyway. <laughs> Listeners get the idea. Whatever's happened, the result of Immortus being stabbed has now meant that the timeline has shifted and he's gone back. Do we think Kang's wiped everyone's brain then? Which is why they don't recognise Loki because he's gone in and because there's now a new remit for everyone to follow. Is Morbius is obviously going to be going, no, I'm not having that. That's wrong. And he's gone, right, wipe his brain. The reason why I mention it is because in this episode, I would have quite happily just had the entire episode of Loki, Sylvie and Hewa shall never mention ever anything ever again. It could have just been an episode on those because of the complexities of what they were doing. Yeah. And indeed, because it was so fascinating to watch. And then had that twist at the very end. They didn't need the Renslayer Morbius scene. And they didn't particularly need the school scene where B-62 Cream shows Renslayers having been a real person at some point. Because actually, all of that's irrelevant now if their brains have been white. But there must be a relevance to it in order for them to have shown it. Because Marvel don't just show stuff for the sake of just showing it. Got it in my Easter egg section. Well, dig it out of there. Set in 2018, which is the year of the snap or the blip. It shows where the pen came from. In episode one, Mobius says, oh, someone else brought this. It's the school that she went to that she was a teacher. Rebecca Tominit, that's the name of the person in the comics and that she changed her name to and she hasn't fallen out with Kang. As I mentioned last episode, Renslayer is actually princess from the 42nd century. However, in the comics, Tominit is from the year 1903, not 2018. But that's the year of the snap. They've positioned that quite nicely. I'm assuming they can revisit that like they did with Falcon, Winter Soldier, WandaVision, touched upon the effects of the blip or the snap. It also gives her character something to do because she's going off to seek free will. But is she? She was obviously given some specific files and we don't know whether it was a good thing or a bad thing that she was given the files that she was given. Immortus clearly has given her something which he thinks will help combat what's about to happen in the off chance that it happens, i.e. that he gets killed. He knew that was going to happen up until 
the point of yeah him. but he's obviously made an yeah. educated guess it's she, an insurance policy isn't yeah. it Miss Minute everyone thought was behind it she's not behind it per se she has plausible deniability if XYZ happened you need to give this person this envelope as you rightly say when she hands the file she says these aren't the ones that I've asked for she goes, these are the ones that he says you need these could be places in time that she needs to go to she's got a temp pad to keep ahead of what's coming around the corner now what we're saying is there are other variants creating havoc ties into Doctor Strange 2 the one that's in charge of the TVA he hasn't wiped anyone's mind all that's happened a different outcome I don't understand that bit it's different in the TVA because time is irrelevant so what you're saying is that their universe has changed by yes. change of ownership what I'm saying is well what has happened because time's not relevant what's happened should have always existed except other Kang can come in and say right I'm going to pick it up from here and this is how it's going to be going forward don't forget we've been told time's relevant in the TVA he's been holding back the gates himself right so he's been doing a Gandalf they've killed Gandalf immediately whoever's come through the gates has taken over it's changing okay I don't know why I did that then I'm not on drag race changing the whole outcome so Kang now is in charge and they are now following his rules yeah they aren't bothered about Loki Sylvie now is free to do what she wants well we don't know what's happened to Sylvie do we because there's every chance that the other Kang or the next Kang's come along and caused her a few problems because I'm saying it's a mashup of her being an enchantress we may find moving into season 2 she takes on the mantle of the enchantress for season 2 and all Marvel don't have just set everything up same as they are here now don't forget we've got other characters because I think Immortus who married Vision and Wanda because Mantis was in attendance to the wedding yeah Vision uh, marries Wanda the person who married them I mean I don't know how I know that I've obviously read it on Google at some point or Wikipedia because that's always correct people love if you'd that. like to be on the show you can't even cite that if you're doing a degree can you <laughs> it's, it's made <laughs> it's up made up um, there's other characters that we're familiar with from MCU i.e. Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy that are already established it'd be quite nice if they drew upon all those characters using what we've set up in Loki good to know that no one really died well so Renslayer was still a definite disciple of the way things were and I feel she's gone off to try and salvage save reintroduce that so we're obviously going to see her and to what extent and in what capacity will remain to be seen but I think think she's been given what she needs in order to try and invoke what was already in place again mm. Morbius I think we've definitely got a different Morbius now and I know it's, it's like he doesn't recognise Loki but the question is are we going to get the same Morbius we had before that sort of cool laid back nice friendly one who had a job to do but did it in a certain way or are we going to get someone who's just a proper dick I think you might get dick Morbius which would be quite interesting to see just seeing it's a bit like the guy who's playing Kang it'd be fascinating to watch them play the same person but have the freedom to do them in a completely different way because the circumstances have changed so you can have like four different Kangs who all have different personalities so he can act them in a completely different way and something like Owen Wilson it'd be quite nice to see him play something that isn't Owen Wilson but in Marvel clothes yeah let's not forget the idea of using Kang as a cypher character is wonderful he ties into the X-Men the Avengers the Fantastic Four Kang is probably one of the few characters created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby who has had some time or other interacted with most of the characters so if you think about the fact that now with the Fox merger it wouldn't be unusual to use that as a stepping stone and allude to the fact that Reed Richards is a descendant Victor Von Doom is also a descendant of Kang the Conqueror they could bring all of them in and it wouldn't feel jarring because it's canon there is a date I think the other well I was going to say there's a danger but actually I, I stopped myself because I think one of the things that Marvel has done 
so incredibly successfully in this series is they've had a massive climax and have told a story that hasn't required crash bangs and wallops so in WandaVision everyone was like oh WandaVision's amazing and it's great and it's all so different alright it was different to a part if you ignore the first three episodes which was slightly weird and boring but in the middle it was good and it was different and you could see what they were trying to do but fundamentally the last episode was a big crash bang wallop fight between two baddies at the end in the same way as every comic book film has sort of ended even with Falcon and the Winter Soldier there was lots of crash bang and wallops throughout that yeah. series and again there was a big fight at the end etc etc this one we didn't have that did we no we had lots of twists and turns it was an emotional twist as opposed to a physical crash bang twist which felt refreshing for me mm. because there is a danger people could become comic book saturated and I don't mean me people like me and you because me and you were idiots and we'll just keep on watching these things forever because yeah. we love them and they're great yeah. however Marvel aren't going to keep making them for just me and you are they no. or for any nerds who are listening to this show they want to be able to show it to people who enable them to keep on making the money they're making so they can keep on making the films that they're producing mm. and so they have to keep it different in order to keep them engaged because otherwise my missus is going to start getting bored yeah I mean there is that isn't there to be fair to Marvel I think they've managed to achieve it particularly with the movies I mean I suppose with the TV shows because it's on Disney Plus there's a whole plethora of shows on Disney that you can watch if you're not a Marvel fan and there's probably shows that a lot of Marvel fans haven't even seen I could probably name six different shows that people won't have seen yeah but I'm talking within the bubble that we're yeah, in yeah don't forget the bubble that we're in is also Marvel now because they've got the rights back into it you may be seeing Netflix type characters popping up in their new shows which might mean that you probably want to watch those shows if you want to understand who they are it pays dividends to have that talking specifically about the movies you think about likes of Ant-Man and the Wasp it's a popcorn movie but it also gets fans Thomas the Tank Engine was in there yeah was that why you went it I loved it yeah yeah and then you see the easter egg from last episode when I mentioned Yellow Jacket's head we know now he's going to be in Quantumania right as you say they don't do things by mistake they've planned this they've probably had an extra 12 months with Covid to plan it all I did feel an air of satisfaction with what they've left me with here I've, I've seen, seen Black Widow so I won't go into it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone and I'm sure we'll do a, an episode entirely based on that but Black Widow for me was more of a return to Marvel films whereas this felt the different thing that everyone keeps on telling me WandaVision was whereas I felt WandaVision went quirky for the first three episodes and it didn't land for me personally I appreciate a lot of other people liked it in the middle it had sort of an interesting concept but ultimately ended like every other movie with one goody one baddie fighting over who's going to win scenario yeah. which isn't different whereas this is my prediction is every single are we recording this just let me check we're recording this in fact let me write this down so I can refer to it later I'll let me give you some notation paper it's not anything that you're going to need to be judged upon I'll it's, judge I'll that ju- alright judge Renslayer every single show that you watch on Disney that you have an affinity via the movies you will love any show that is a woke no name just for padding so Ms. Marvel Ironheart anything like that that you don't know you won't like or it won't hit the mark but I guarantee you that any other show Secret Invasion I'm going to say She-Hulk it might not resonate for you Moon Knight maybe not I reckon will be pretty good and the ones that you don't know you're going to mm. because WandaVision if you want to be critical about it and I'm very happy to be critical I think it was a good show but it wasn't going to go anywhere because it was to round up that character and throw one of them into a movie which will round off her story which is a concern I have with Hawkeye and it was a concern I have with Black Widow I shan't say whether or not that came to fruition or not but those feel like oh we didn't give them the chance 
chance to finish off their story arcs in Endgame. So let's tie those loose ends up so that we can start fresh. Yeah. That's not what we're after at the minute, is it? If you think Hulk's injured. Hulk's armless, isn't he? He's totally armless. He's armless. Although he would spark you out with his other fist. That's true. He would give you a good Mephisto in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Captain America's fucking Captain super. America's too old now He's got arthritis Yeah He arguably started The time wars By going back to look After Peggy Carter For a shag Well Immortus clearly didn't mind That Captain America Went back in time To get some Technically in episode one You did see Peggy Carter Get arrested Maybe they sorted that out But anyway Iron Man's dead Hawkeye's going to retire At the end of the season One division's Turned into Scarlet Witch Vision's still dead So what Black Widow's dead Black Widow's dead Or is she dead Because well, we've now got Multiverses you, you Marvel tend to keep people dead No they don't Well who's come back fella from shield coulson coulson and we were told that patch mcgee patch mcgee oh that famous marvel character stan lee was up all day nick, didn't nick, nick, nick fury. fury he's been dead a million times loki's been dead has thor been dead no no i've just made that up also thor did do the voice in last week's episode of the frog oh did it yeah i mean they've got scope to bring her back in because i'm not okay. saying these things because anything particularly happens in the movie that i'm referring to what i'm saying is that if there are four quadrillion timelines there are fuck trillion yes. black widows minus the one who we've seen yeah. die at the hands of the soul stone so it is theoretical that you wind up with black well, widow again based on how this show's gone there is the option but i'm saying in the interests of marvel keeping their tapestry not exploding everywhere you're gonna have to at some point just round down because you're introducing umpteen new characters as much as marvel's very good at keeping this weaving going on there'll come a point where it'll get unhinged the shows that come on tv are closure and i don't think we're going to enjoy them as much as Loki because either we don't know who they are and we haven't got enough value added to them or we've kind of gone well well this is going to be the problem with Hawkeye isn't it saying, I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I feel we're going off piece a, a little bit but the guy's got a bow and arrow that's it and we've just had a series where we're discussing time and controlling all of time and everyone within the confines of that time and got a fellow with a bow and arrow I quite enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier I know it's been given a bit of a bagging but I thought it was alright I find it perfectly enjoyable Falcon and the Winter Soldier but when I look back at it off the back of this the scales of importance of the galaxy they were crying over jobs and food whereas Loki is like the existence of everything all the time and I feel Hawkeye is going to be in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier camp and it's a bit of a problem when you go out into the galaxy it's like I've now found a whole new universe and you want me to go back to the boring front garden I've been stuck in and I don't mean that in a derogatory way but you know what I mean no, it's I like, picked ooh, up, shiny new thing over yeah, there. But let's break it down. You've got Loki who can create a really shit duvet cover, and you've got a guy who doesn't get a loan off the bank manager trying to repair a fishing <laughs> ship. I was like, I'm not being funny. We helped you with the snap. I was like, yeah, you're not having a loan for your house. Doesn't make any fucking sense, does it? No. And so we got Loki who goes, do you want a bit of cover? Done, there you go. Well, that's a bad example because that cover was shit. That's a very good example because the cover was shit. He still managed to magic it up to be twice as big that's as the true. ship. Whereas the other guy goes, I kind of saved humanity. While staring at a moon hurling towards him. Yeah, having a quick chat about the weather and he's like oh about a dynamite don't worry about it let's have another shrimp on the barbie whereas the other guy goes I've saved humanity if I'm a massive tyrant um, can I get a loan on my house no what the whole thing doesn't even make sense and then he gets stopped by the police that for me lost itself and WandaVision although was creatively wonderful again was closure for that character I'm just uh, interested in how they keep me interested in that we were talking about this on episode one the reason you like Loki is you've known him from the first Avengers film it's quite interesting they've used an old character to basically they introduced yeah. the whole new arc and worlds that yeah. we're going to be delving into over the next few phases. Falcon, Winter Soldier, Vision and Wanda, Max 
them off weren't even included until the last six movies. Yeah, Loki that, was that. in before them. Loki was in before. Everyone loves a villain, and he isn't just a villain, he's an anti-villain. Just saying, you know, referring back to my previous comments. <laughs> when? Whenever. <laughs> whenever. But he's nuanced, which is why people have always liked Loki, because he's a baddie, but he's kind of a reason why he's a baddie, and yeah. people can empathise to a degree, obviously not to the point where it's like mass killing, but they can no. go, oh, I felt lonely, or I felt unloved, or I've been orphaned, or I've had a terrible secret thrown upon me and I didn't know. People in various walks of life can all go, yeah, I can empathise with that hmm. and I can see why he could go down that track and I hope he'll pull it back and he sort of does flitter between the good and the bad, doesn't he? Much the same as me looking at your crotch, I hope you pull it back. <laughs> that's why we like him and that's why the show has ended with me being suitably satisfied. I haven't got any questions, I'm intrigued how it's going to go. Actually more excited and it's given me a solid the Hedgehog booster pill to look forward to the movies coming out now. Mm. We've had COVID and we've been locked down in our houses and we go, we've not been able to go to cinema or we're not seeing this. Now, having seen Loki and knowing where it's going, I'm more excited. Should we go through the Easter eggs? We've covered a few of them. So I mentioned the various quotes at the very beginning, mentioned the Citadel at the end of time, which I mentioned in last week's episode, draws from the, the two characters from the comics, him being he who remains and changed his backstory. So I mentioned that. I mentioned the fourth timekeeper. We see the statue broken on the floor. He who remains in the comics created four timekeepers. At some point, the timekeepers were replaced because they either died or whatever, and he took over. But maybe we'll see the fourth one at some point in the future. There was a nice callback to Doctor Strange's apple. I beg your pardon. When he's practicing his mystical arts, he uses... Yeah, the, to eat and remove and mould the, car- uh, the carrot. The carrot. <laughs> the apple. He's practicing on the eye of Agamotto, isn't he? <laughs> There's so many innuendos you're just throwing up yeah. there. You're just firing that thing. In this episode, Immortus is eating an apple. So there's a bit of a callback to that. Hang on a minute. He's eating an apple. He properly makes a meal of that apple, though, doesn't he? I mean, who puts the apple down no mid-eat? Goes brown, doesn't it, of course? Well, of course it does. Yeah. But he's not bothered. He just keeps picking it up and well, having a mouthful, putting it down. And it and yeah, it did irritate me the way he was eating that apple. Plus, when people are crunching apples, it's just generally irritating to listen to. I suppose it's more difficult to deliver a monologue when you've got a mouthful of apple. <laughs> We find out Judge Rinslayer's name. Judge Rinslayer. The pen is the mystery, isn't it, that you brought up in the episode one because you were trying to work out whether Mobius... I thought it was Mobius. I was wrong, thank you. That was your prediction. Well referred to on that. (laughs) Dick. That was your prediction in the first five minutes of that show. Obviously, she's from Ohio School. I mentioned 2018 being a possible link to the uh, snap. Then she changed the name in the comics to Rebecca Tormine because she had a big fallout with Kang. Mentioned earlier that Nathaniel Richards is a 31st century character who has explained whilst eating an apple about the multiverse war that was referred to in episode one by Miss Minutes. And he broke down the barriers between worlds to make alternate versions of himself. And he explains that he goes by different names and we're going to see Kang the Conqueror in the next Ant-Man film. We know from the comics that Nathaniel Richards, Amortis, Ramatut and Iron Lad are in fact... Iron Lad? He Iron sounds Lad. like he's from Yorkshire. Yorkshire he, Iron Lad. He went to Huddersfield. Come here, D. And realised he wasn't going to waste his time and went back. Thy knows. Thy's a hero. Then we have the huge twist at the end. The Kang statue has changed from being the giant tea keeper. Don't touch my tea. He's from Yorkshire. He's keeping hold of the tea. The timekeeper monument that was there in the 
library that's now changed which had a little bit of a Tim Burton version of Planet of the Apes have you seen that one? yeah I've seen the original which is probably better Tim Burton put a spin on it and had the Lincoln statue with an ape's head was that the one with Mark Wahlberg in? it was it was the very same the twist at the end of the original with Charlton Heston who has made some pretty decent films when he was alive he's never heard of him have you not? You, I'm of joking course you have. He doesn't he go around promoting shooting people these days don't <laughs> sue me people I'm joking no, he's right. he does promote owning things that do shoot people he does indeed he was in the original and the twist of that was he thought he was on a different planet but in fact it was in the future and the end of the scene spoilers but it's 19 fucking 70 so if you haven't seen it get a telly um, <laughs> basically the Statue of Liberty is poking out of the ground what? I know so he actually hasn't gone to a different planet he's on air <laughs> in the future Loki season 2 is kind of guaranteed that on. was a great post credit spoiler though because I know normally they sort of give a, a taster for other things it wasn't it was quite literally a stamp going we're announcing that this isn't going to be the last you see of Tom Hiddleston and we all went absolutely I'll take that for me was just confirmation of it's a very good show supported by the fact that episode 1 was watched by 890,000 households which was more than the opening episode of WandaVision or Falcon to straight away in it yeah. seal of approval and then really an open ended question what does the future hold for the MCU we know that Doctor Strange is in Spider-Man we know that the several characters from different Spider-Man films example Doc Ock is going to be in Spider-Man we know Loki and Wanda will be in Doctor Strange 2 well there's obviously the rooms of all the Spider-Men well yeah Spider-Man. there's all of those and there's different villains they reckon they're going to take one of the villains from each of the different iterations yeah uh, Fox uh, thingy Fox yes not Michael Fox <laughs> just making that shit up let me I Dr. am Dr. Fox no Samantha Fox topless Megan Fox Megan Fox <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what what's his name James Fox what films he been in he's been in collateral Jamie Fox Jamie Fox is, he's supposed to be in it isn't he he's is playing Electro Electro yeah although the guy who played Rhino hasn't been asked back I think the guy who played Sandman he's back so they're taking the villains apparently he had the horn <laughs> the all that Viagra Paul Giamatti that's his name yeah he's a good guy a good guy I don't know him he's, <laughs> oh he's a mate yeah, yeah, yeah you know man down the pub told me he's a good actor what, you watch billions don't you yeah yeah well every time I see him he's getting whipped <laughs> that's a different story <laughs> told you he's got the horn behind closed doors though and the what if which fits in nicely after the events of Loki so what's next with the MCU we've that's going to follow on from this we've got Shang we've got Shang-Chi which is very exciting may even tie into a prediction I made in the <laughs> Captain Marvel here we go again people Captain Marvel podcast where I said would we see a Thunderbolts series we're going to have the Eternals yeah that's going to open us up to all of those people who we've never seen before you see I don't know anything about the Eternals but I'm quite excited about them now because of the Loki series and because we've been opened up into all that stuff and I know that that's sort of where Wanda's headed and that's where Doctor Strange has already been dipping his pool and, and this is where <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp are kind of dipping in and out of as well so I'm excited by that Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings again I don't know an awful lot about him he feels more like he's earth based but with mystical powers so yeah he is earth based what I would recommend and I've got no evidence to say suggest why I'm saying this is I would take the hang on let me check his recording (laughs) I would take the Eternals Shang-Chi and the others like we did with certain movies before Thanos how's the rest of them in this multiverse storyline because 
I think it's its own thing. They'll be creating their own little structure, yeah. which they'll then work into. I think that's in its bubble here, and they'll solve all these problems. People aren't going to watch every single show, and they're going to go, I don't understand, and they're going to lose viewers. So I think that's in its own bubble, and I think surrounding that is Black Widow, the Eternals, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man. Thor. Do you think Loki's going to wind up in Thor? He's probably not, is he? I Given th- the, his current predicament. I've been led to believe that you're going to get a cameo of the actor Loki that we saw in Dark World. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. From yeah. Team America. is a puppet. Obviously the Thunderbird thing before Matt Damon's lawyers get in touch. Because <laughs> I like Matt Damon, by the way. Yeah, Brilliant in The Born Identity. Absolutely. And many other films, of yeah. course. Good Will Hunting was a very good film. He's going to reoccur with his thespian parody of Loki. Right. So we might get Loki of a sort. No, that doesn't count as being a Loki. Tom Hiddleston's Loki. Are you not going to throw that joke you put in normally? Or Silver. Keeping it, Sylvia. Keeping it low key now. No, not keeping it low key. I'm hoping we'll get low key and get the low key we want. Well, you never know. I mean, he's on a roll, and he good old Tom. I think those singly be on their own, and then the others will pop in. And what they will do is they'll launch other stuff. So we've already seen in the first trailer, but when they released the second trailer for Shang Chi, you saw Abomination. We know Abomination is going to appear in She Hulk. We know that Thunderbolt Ross that we saw in Civil War Endgame, he's going to appear in She Hulk. We also know where Abomination's been and why he was able to escape because obviously the snap and where he's been hiding they very cleverly blocked all that out we also know in Shang-Chi Doctor Strange's sidekick he's in that as well so there's a connective tissue to Doctor Strange the other films that are coming out there's crossovers to other characters but we know Blade's coming out don't we well I mean if you think before we got to Thanos we'd had three Thor movies to set up the Thor world we'd had three Captain America movies we'd had three Iron Man movies we'd had two Avengers movies so we'd had a lot of stuff that had been its own little world that had started to blend in obviously we're going to get the same it's just so exciting isn't it the mind boggles just how far they can go with this and now they own all of the rights the Netflix rights have reverted back we do know. you think we're going to be old men on our deathbed when we're in phase 41 going to our kids find out what happens and tell me before I die because I remember the first phase I do often think about how far I'll get before I'm on my way out yeah I probably won't have any kids but I'll be telling it to myself because I'll have dementia I'll be talking to <laughs> Self in the room, rocking whilst covered in bingo pen. <laughs> telling myself how I remember the Iron Man film in the good old years of 2008 oh good days so what are you going to give this episode out of 10 I'm going to give this a 9 and you're going to giggle the reason why it's not a 10 as I began the episode not a lot happened but a lot happened it wasn't enough to give it a 10 because the stuff that's going to happen hasn't actually happened what it's done it's the promise of what's to come so I think it was solid 9 35 36 minute episode I'm excited probably got a point simply by having a season 2 yeah what about you I'm going to give it a 9 as well it loses the point only because of the TVA bits and I'm sure what they've done is they've set up something for next season but those TVA bits felt unnecessary and actually took me out of the bit I was really engrossed in which was the Loki Loki and Chang Kang Chang <laughs> Loki Loki and Kang bit can you just um, say it again because <laughs> that's hilarious that sounds like my food order it's <laughs> alright you'll refer to it next time uh, <laughs> Oh. Uh, but yeah, it kept on taking me out and the bits they did in the TVA didn't feel like. So we've got all the TVA staff now knowing that the variants, but the minds have now been wiped. So what's the relevance of that? Renslayer's disappeared off somewhere unknown. So we don't really care at the moment because we don't really know what's going on there. Morbius is no longer, he didn't overthrow the TVA. He's now someone we don't. So none of it feels like it's of interest or relevance at this moment in time. And so it loses a point for that. But for me, it, it was 
was brilliant. Ticked I mean, all the boxes. And because there wasn't any Crash Bang and Wallops, which normally are top of our mm. wish list. The dual purpose of the episode is to set up this season two, which is why you had the TVA stuff. And then all the Loki, Sylvie stuff is movie-centric. I still maintain... I don't think they have been wiped. I don't think they know the variants. I just think that the resulting outcome of Immortus slash He Who Shall Not Be Spoken Of has died because of timey-wimey stuff. Kang's I know, but him. we could have found that bit out at the end in the way that we did. I didn't need to see Judge Renslayer kicking Morbius's ass and then going through. I didn't need to see B Cream 52 showing C24 a pen and Judge Renslayer pre-Judge Renslayer days. None of that feels like it was necessary or relevant. And that's not a criticism. Just, that's, that's why I didn't get a 10. If it's around the blip time, it's a extinction level event where she would be able to hide. We know that it's a different time frame is because no guy to end up with a bag and a chisel and has just chiselled off someone's face in the time it's taken Loki to get back from the Citadel. That's changed like that. The same as the monkey on the Planet of Apes statue changed. Something that's happened here has affected that timeline. That sets up little questions for us moving into season two, but we're also excited about what we're going to see in the movies. I'm just excited. If they're the worst things that have come out of this, it's pretty good going. Absolutely. If you're excited too, let us know. The two marks at the podstation.co.uk. Go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're on the two marks. Just type that in and you should be able to find us. Subscribe to the channel, the two marks. You'll get all of the feeds and all of the previous other shows that we've done. We do Marvel stuff. We do films. We do Star Trek Discovery stuff. We've got Star Trek Picard show. So if any of that pushes your buttons, go and check it out. Give us a review. Five stars. Preferably. And if you don't give us five stars, just give us some stars. Effort. And don't forget the competition. Answer that question. Go back like Mark has done in this episode and just check exactly what he said and what he did. And then you'll find out the answer. Due diligence, my friend. Exactly. Anyway, thank you for listening. Indeed. Thank you very much, guys. Excelsior! social at the two marks on facebook twitter and instagram also check them out on youtube